2: Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, I'm happy to introduce my guest, Gary Straley. He's a technical architect with over a decade's worth of operational cannabis industry experience, He's also serving this year on NCI's Retail Committee as the chairman. He's also an avid surfer and golfer with a passion to help others. He's with the company Cannabis Cloud, which focuses on applications, consulting, and payments. The company was founded in 2015, providing service to over 2,500 cannabis businesses, it's specialized as a Salesforce partner, innovating industry standard solutions from seed to sale. Cannabis Cloud's payments integrated retail point of sale hosts, a robust API for connecting external menus such as Weedmaps or Leafly and much more. Thank you for joining me on the show today, Gary.
3: Thank you, Bethany. I appreciate it.
2: Great. Let's jump in today by getting to know you a little bit better. Obviously, you're into surfing and golfing, as I mentioned earlier. Um, But it's nice to hear what other industries and work and experiences folks have had prior to getting involved in the cannabis industry. Uh, Would you you like to share some of that background with us?
3: Absolutely. Yes, I... um have very much grown up uh, with a very active lifestyle here in California, and I did a lot of surfing, a lot of golfing, a lot of snowboarding, skateboarding, um, just always found myself very active. Um, I did pursue a professional career in surfing um, after graduating high school and doing well um, in the high school surf competitions but um I had an injury uh which kind of led me into exploring other areas of creativity and um during that downtime I was focused on figuring out how I could best deliver art development and production as a service and start my own business and I started doing a lot of graphic design websites, um, a lot around surfing and and golf companies. Uh, I actually started manufacturing surfboards at one point, but um, building brands, ultimately, um, taking ideas and building them into commerce. Um, I started there and really transitioned into a lot of affiliate marketing where I landed into the Salesforce platform to track and report data. Since then, about 2013, I've been slowly building on my experience there with the technology and learning how I can marry the brand building with the technology and the velocity in which we can deliver a solution. And this is where I'm at today. Doing a lot with cannabis. I've been using cannabis uh, as a patient, medical patient, for many years dealing with my injury. And uh, today, I have two screws in my shoulder, three surgeries later. Oof! Still pursuing uh, athletics, but um, yeah, I'm very thankful for cannabis. I believe that it can change lives. It's definitely helped and changed mine. Uh, I've been off of all uh, pain medications. Um, as early as my last surgery, um, I didn't take a single pill post two screws in your shoulder. I just mm. use cannabis. So it's impressive. Uh, yeah, That's why I'm here.
2: That's great. Good for you. So as far as when you made the transition professionally to get into, the cannabis industry, which of course was a movement before it was an industry. Uh, What was that like getting involved, uh, founding Cannabis Cloud, um, moving professionally into uh, a cannabis position?
3: Yeah, Um, I just saw a very big opportunity to capitalize on what is an emerging industry And, um, being very intrigued by track and trace technology metric, it really started with metric. Um, I was tracking and tracing surfboards that I was manufacturing and I had this technology and app I thought was so cool that could be used for track and trace technology. As I had heard the rumors that that's the way it was going to be legalized. And watching Colorado going through its transition to legalization, using metric, my heart kind of broke. I was like, they beat me to the punch. And um, I always just had ambition, you know, as a businessman and um, working, you know, with all kinds of businesses, um, anything you could imagine, really, but. I really saw a big opportunity in cannabis and, um, I wanted to do something and I had, I just had my first son. I was kind of in a hustling mindset. Uh, I needed to make some things happen. Just had my, my surgery. So, um, I was ready to, to take advantage of an opportunity and, um, I just started walking into dispensaries, meeting whoever I could out there in the in the world to make business in the cannabis industry. And that's essentially what I did. And um, thankfully, I had one flagship client, um, one of my primary clients at Golden State Greens, a very respectable retail cannabis operation, which has done many great things since 2015. Medically and recreationally, so taking them across that that line of pre and post metric days um, were very much a a great learning experience for me, um, mm-hmm. and building solutions for them um, day in and day out to handle all of the transitions that were made through that journey. Um, going from medical to recreational and everything that's happened up till today. Um, Every single day is a new day there. So we've really seen it all with them. In addition to many others, um, we've since worked with many cannabis operations here um, in California we continue to work with many in Nevada, Oklahoma, Washington, Florida, New Jersey. We're popping up all over the map and continuing to learn in each one of those environments. Um, our 2,500 clients you referred to earlier really come from our merchant service network. And essentially, our merchant service and our payments technology, that, um that network is actively serving over 2,500 cannabis dispensaries, and that's why we're here today. I believe is to talk about this um, payments. You know, um, yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's, it's one thing that we and our merchant service partner have done very well. So um, I'm very much excited to to share kind of some our some of our insights and experience having gone through that journey as well. And um, the feedback that I get from the community, from the retail committee, um, all the great insights that that we have on this topic.
2: Wonderful. Yeah. So the retail committee at NCIA, that's, that's excellent that you're continuing to deepen your engagement through NCIA and, collaborating with your industry peers um what are you excited about accomplishing this year in the committee
3: right now we're heavily focusing in on theft also payments and lobby days um yeah lobby days
2: (laughs) lobby days is like my most favorite thing that ncia does every year, and it was incredibly sad during uh, those couple of years, I can't believe it, of COVID restrictions that we were unable to return to D.C. for that annual event, but uh, we, we got back to it in September last year, and um, we're returning again in May, May 16th, 17th, and 18th, 2023, We are in full swing again uh, with Lobby Days, and I'm so looking forward to it. Thank you for mentioning that as well.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, On that note, let's go ahead and take our first commercial break, and then we'll be right back to take a deeper dive with Gary from Cannabis Cloud about banking and card payments and payments in general in the cannabis industry, which is a whole bag of worms. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm chatting today with Gary Straley from Cannabis Cloud. And let's, let's talk about the tough issues here in cannabis. We know banking is really, really tough for the cannabis industry. And it has been for a long time. So most dispensaries require you to hit the ATM machine and get cash out before making a purchase. But some have these alternative payment methods that allow customers to use their debit card in addition to a small fee. Um, So Gary, tell me more about these various payment options that are currently available to cannabis operators for their customers.
3: Yep. So there are essentially four different types of, of payment methods um, when it comes to purchasing cannabis. First one is cash. Second cashless ATM. Third pin debit. And the fourth would just be an old fa- a great old-fashioned credit card or debit purchase. Um, first and foremost, when it comes to federal legalization and or compliance, all four of them are illegal. And when it comes to understanding uh, the inherent risks that come along with each one of them, there's some deep analysis that you would really want to take before making such a decision. And we have been very much focused on evaluating those, those risks and benefits with each as they own, each one has its own group of risk and or benefits that can, can outweigh the other. Um, so everyone kind of has a unique position to make a decision on choosing one or the other and um, understanding that will best help you mitigate the risk. In some cases you'll find that the rewards going to be greater than the risk, but it's all at what price are you willing to pay? So um, I can speak to, knowing personally individuals that have been incarcerated for processing card transactions um Yikes. and specifically for for ease mm. so i i very much know the price i'm familiar um it, it's impacted my family
1: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
3: And um, I'm very much a believer, though, in pushing forward on this this topic and um, requirement for cannabis businesses to operate – Effectively and at the least amount of risk for their communities. It's not just the individuals and the business owners at risk, it's the communities. So, um, seeing firsthand a lot of these things, um, aside from the risk of processing a payment, you have the risk of crime in your community. I've seen multiple times um, clients have their dispensaries robbed broken into and robbed the police won't even show up um for hours and you're you're just a sitting duck sitting there um, right with your own will and protection yikes so um unless you're staffing a 24 7 security guard which is expensive right some um, do it's going to be a difficult uh, situation to manage in any case just with your product alone. Yeah. Right. But the cash is obviously a target too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person to really carry a lot of cash on me um, for various reasons. I, I prefer to use my card, but you know, other people carry, carry bills around. And to your point, these cash heavy, Retail locations are at a higher risk for theft and criminal activity. So, um, so there's some pros and cons, and benefits and risk for for all these payment options, right?
3: Yes. Yep. So, cash obviously um, has some benefits when it just comes to doing business um, and being liquid, mm-hmm. right? But obviously, the theft. Um, the management, the counting of the cash, it's dirty. It's its not a viable method for any normal business out there in the world. It's viable for those who are using it maybe for the wrong purpose, which in some eyes could be a benefit. But um, we're not really focused on, on that. You know, we want to be serving our communities well and um Mm -hmm. we want to be making choices that are going to help and not hurt um everyone involved in this transaction of cannabis right so um not the best option Mm -hmm. you know um the cashless atm however um not to mention that when you deal with cash and you're dealing with cash transactions um you're typically dealing with coins unless you have a point of sale systems that's going to round up your transactions to the nearest dollar mm-hmm. and um figure out how you're going to deliver that what would be a service fee because there there are coin shortages too right um, which impact businesses big time So just chasing the coins alone um, is a big task.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. They switched to tokens at my favorite pinball bar. So no more quarters. (laughs) Yeah. So, so so yeah, cannabis is still illegal at the federal level here, which is kind of the crux of the issue, but you know, we've got dozens of States with legalized cannabis and a regulated, established industry, but you know, banking is still insecure for these cannabis businesses while, we especially at NCIA are continuing to push the Safe Banking Act through Congress. Um, so when we think about the federal versus state level, and and we look at these various payment processes, what are you seeing there as we as we're moving inevitably toward federal legalization, but not quite there yet?
3: Yep. So you're going to have to find um, some kind of Banking solution. Typically, it's going to be with a char- state chartered bank, and um, there you're going to have to be delivering what would be some form of a card transaction um, to mitigate all of your risk with cash. Um, and while we wait for any legislation to happen, it would be hoove us all to become more active in terms of delivering our message of needing this legislation to get done now. Um, And the way I feel like we're going to do that is by attending lobby days. One of the things I forgot to mention in our retail committee focus is consumption lounges and events, cannabis events. And we want to coordinate some kind of event that's going to happen at the same time of lobby days to bring more awareness to it outside of the NCIA, you know, to the general public. And um with that, we'll be able to make effective changes. That's gonna be where all your best time is gonna be spent um invested in, in anything to do with payments, is making this legislation happen now. Yeah, But um, in the meantime, there's still a lot of lucrative business going on and we need to be able to process that business. I think that the best way to do so is with a cashless ATM, just because it is an ATM transaction. It is not a cash for cannabis transaction. It is a customer pulling out cash from an ATM. And then what they do with that cash is on them. It also just so happens they made a cannabis transaction, but at least it's a degree of separation, you know, between um the actual processing of cannabis on a card, which is very much different and can have a lot of risks involved, as I know with my close family friend,
2: yeah. Yeah, sorry to hear about that. That as well. It's very frustrating and just underscores our need for a federal solution. Okay, let us take our second commercial break here and then come back and wrap up our conversation with Gary Straley from Cannabis Cloud. So, please stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm chatting with Gary Straley from Cannabis Cloud, and we've been discussing the landscape of payment processing in the cannabis industry. So as we're wrapping up our chat here, um, I wonder if you have any advice or warnings you'd like to share with cannabis operators who who are also trying to wrap their heads around the payment processing and maybe any risks or red flags around all this that that are coming to the top of mind for you. Yep.
3: Yeah. I would have to say that those who are processing credits and or even pin debits um, are very much at high risk from not only their payment services getting shut down, but also of not receiving the money that was processed for those transactions for that given day. So if you're running some kind of high volume on cards, um, you better be ready to lose it too. And yikes, that's the nature of the business. But um, with something more like a cashless ATM um, that has redundancy, we've also known cashless ATMs to get shut down. But we haven't known of those transactions that were processed, their very last transaction not hitting their account. So at least you don't have that inherent risk of the money or a chargeback that you would otherwise. So um, that being said, you need to to make a decision and understand um, – that redundancy should be your your biggest factor. Um, Those that are going to be able to continue to process transactions and have multiple means of processing transactions will help you sustain a card processing payment method and eliminate the risk of all the cash So um, it is recommended to use cards, but definitely take heavy consideration when choosing um, anything other than a cashless ATM, because it is processing Mm. fraudulently.
2: Never a dull moment here in the cannabis industry, right? If it's not one thing, it's another.
3: (laughs) I mean, explicitly, I mean, Technically, all cannabis transactions are illegal, right? Again. Yeah. But I mean, it's more explicitly um, known when you're miscoding a transaction in the network. It's much different than just an ATM.
2: Interesting. So, um, that's Got the it.
3: difference. Yep.
2: Got it. Well, thanks for breaking all this down. It, it is definitely... Not simple, um, as we try to navigate through this in our in our industry. In addition to uh, legalizing at the federal level, you know, there's just so many moving parts here. But um, you know, we're all we're all in this together. <laughs> um, and speaking of togetherness, um, as we wrap up this episode, uh, I really encourage everyone, NCIA members, folks who are in the industry who aren't members yet to check out NCIA's event calendar. We are, by the time this episode airs, will be uh, already several cities into our tour um, across the country with our industry social events. Um, We're also hosting a Cannabis Caucus in Colorado. And all this is leading up to our 11th annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days, which you already mentioned earlier. So these evening networking receptions, the industry socials, are kind of a warm up and opportunity to connect, mix, mingle with your fellow industry peers, uh, hear what's going on at NCIA, uh, network, um, and really just uh, jam up some some energy and excitement for heading back to the halls of Congress and meeting with with uh, our legislators to let them know. Um, what our needs are, what our concerns are, and to show them that we are a real industry with real struggles. We're creating jobs. We're paying our taxes. We're, we're good stewards to our communities and we deserve to be treated just like any other industry um, which getting access to banking would, would be a game changer. Fixing Section 280E of the IRS tax code, game changer. There's a couple incremental changes that could be made at the federal level that would really make a difference for the cannabis industry. And as we're wrapping up this episode, I wanna say thank you again, Gary, for joining me today uh, and sharing your insight. Where can people find out more about Cannabis Cloud?
3: Thank you, Bethany. Um, please visit cannabis.cloud
2: perfect alright and thanks again to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice until next time